You're listening to SBS News. We often hear about new policies and programs that promise to improve the lives of Australians. But what about the issues that are too stigmatised and seem to be taboo for policymakers to address? I'm Deborah Grook and this is The Too Hard Basket. In this episode, we'll look at the skyrocketing costs of renting a property in Australia, which almost everyone agrees has put lots of people under lots of pressure. So why do we have this issue and what can be done to change the system? The great Australian dream has always been, so it would seem, to own a house. But the proportion of Australians who rent instead has been steadily increasing. A third are now tenants, many for long periods of time. When Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe addressed the National Press Club in Canberra in early April, he acknowledged there was a crisis. Rental stress is at least as big an issue at the moment as uh, mortgage stress. Quite a few Australians write to me telling them the very difficult situation uh, that they're in and I read those um, letters with a heavy heart. The extent of rental price increases has now been confirmed in two separate sets of numbers. Figures from the Australian Bureau of Statistics show the price of the most expensive set of rentals soared by 10% over the past year compared to 7% for the cheapest properties. A survey by PropTrack also indicates that capital city rents have increased 13% year-on-year to now sit at $520 a week, while regional rents were up by 4.5%. None of this is news to Anglicare's Casey Chambers. Anglicare's annual rental snapshot has traced the declining affordability of private rentals for the past 14 years. She says Anglicare's latest survey shows just how bad things have become. We found 45,895 separate individual listings in the private rental market across Australia. When we look at how many are affordable, we find that there's virtually nothing. So if you're a person on use allowance, there was not one property um, that was affordable. Four of them would have been affordable for you if you're a single person on job seeker, and they were all rooms and share houses. Um, it doesn't even get much better when we look at the age pension, which you know is the most generous um, of the uh, Centrelink benefits. Only 0.4% were affordable. But Casey Chambers says it's not just those on welfare payments who are finding it tough. Every year we think it can't get worse, and every year it does. But I think the shock this year is to see that if you're in a minimum wage occupation and you're working full-time, you're doing everything that the government and society is asking of you, still less than 1% of these rentals would have been affordable to you. The extent of the problem appears well established in a range of surveys and research reports from various quarters. The question is now, what can be done? Federal Greens leader Adam Bant says capping rent increases would be a good start. Rents are rising six times faster than wages. People are being encouraged encouraged to bid higher than the advertised rates, forcing rents higher and higher. It does not have to be this way. Labor can freeze rent increases. But Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has already rejected that approach. The idea that the national government has the power to impose 
a rent freeze that is essentially to nationalise the private rental market around Australia is just not the case. It's just not the case. And the member knows that that's the case. A rental cap at the state level is also looking unlikely. In Queensland, private rental prices have grown at a faster rate than in any other state. And in one regional area, they've risen 80% over five years. Queensland says they're not going to limit the amount rents can go up by. New South Wales has also said no with newly elected Premier Chris Minns arguing his government has other policies to take the sting out of renting. We've got an ambitious plan when it comes to specific policy changes for renters in this state, from no-fault evictions to ensuring it's ease of accessibility for pets in rentals to starting our portable bond scheme so that if a renter moves from one residence to another, they don't have to dip into their pocket to find that capital to put down the bond on the second property. But it really does come down to supply. The Property Council of Australia did not respond to a request for comment from SBS, but the council and other real estate organisations have historically strongly opposed any change to the status quo. And it's on record saying more supply is what's needed. But that's also a complex issue. Casey Chambers says it's partly because the private market has been forced to become all things to all people. Post-Second World War and... um Right up really to the 80s, Australia paid quite a bit of money or it it did a lot of its housing. We did it through building public housing and through social housing. We then swapped until, you know, from about the 80s onwards, until we have a situation where we've got today where we still pay an awful lot through the Commonwealth for housing, but we pay it in negative gearing, we pay it in Commonwealth rental assistance, uh, we pay it in that capital gains concession on investment properties. So we're actually shifted, we pay actually more per capita than we used to when we had a large amount of public housing, but we're paying it to individuals to build that housing. And that means that we are asking the private rental market, often smaller investors, to do the real heavy lifting around this. And it's not, it's not playing out. In Tasmania, they're trying to introduce more supply, partly with a project to build prefabricated portable homes. The island state's Masters Builders Association says this type of home will become a big part of new constructions over the next decade. Steve Simeone is from TCB Portables. I just think it's affordability. I think we need to be on top of our game. We need to help Tasmanians. We need to get roofs over people's heads. And this is the way to do it. Kos Samaros is the director of Redbridge Consulting. He says rising costs make large-scale construction projects increasingly unviable. I do know that in Victoria that, that there's, there's obviously talk about changing the way planning is, is governed to allow for homes to be built more rapidly and to allow the private to build them, put them on the market cheap, in a much more cheaper way. But it's difficult. Cost of materials is double. Construction companies that are building apartments, for example, they um, used to be able to build a a one-bedroom apartment for about $7,500 per square metre. It's now uh, close to $14,000 per square metre. In the meantime, for those whose only option is renting, the pressure remains on governments to meet social and affordable housing targets. 
Tasmania has announced it's aiming to build 10,000 of those new homes by 2032. And in Queensland, advocates want to see targets met and exceeded. Queensland's Council of Social Services CEO, Amy McVeigh. We think supply should be the focus of this process. We need 5,000 new social housing dwellings each year for the next decade. Unless we agree to that as stakeholders, we are sitting around and agreeing that we do have some appetite for people living in cars, tents and motel rooms. The federal government has made plans to add to the supply of affordable and social housing stock. Legislation is currently before the parliament to create a $10 billion housing future fund. The problem is it's been panned by key crossbenchers as not coming close to the amount of new stock that's needed. The bill is currently locked in a tug of war between the Greens looking to leverage their balance of power and the government. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says he cannot understand the Greens' argument. It makes me wonder what the Greens' party political and thought processes are. They're out there giving speeches saying that they want more investment in social and affordable housing and their strategy to do that is to block $10 billion to create a fund for investment in social and affordable housing that's on top of the Commonwealth State Housing Agreements, on top of all the other investments uh, that the federal government will be making in housing. Uh, This is completely illogical. Meanwhile, with the budget fast approaching, expectations are building as to what relief it may contain for those struggling with rising rents. Finance Minister Katie Gallagher has told the Insiders program the government is aware the fastest growing group becoming homeless are women aged over 55 and it wants to help them. This is the work that we have started in the budget. It's the work we're going to continue in this budget and we'll continue focusing on it and housing for women and providing some security of housing for women, particularly women in that age cohort that you referred, uh, is a real challenge Uh, and that's why we've got initiatives like our Housing Australia Future Fund and some of the other measures that the Treasurer is working on with the Housing Accord to look at how we can push and increase the amount of social and affordable housing, particularly for demographic age groups like this. It's unclear what action might be taken on entrenched policies like negative gearing and capital gains tax discounts. Those policies have been blamed for pushing up house prices across the board and rents along with it. But the consensus seems to be that these will prove difficult to adjust, with pushback expected from MPs who have investment housing portfolios property groups and voters with housing interests. Kos Samaros says strong action could impact on Labor's vote, but there are signs housing affordability is starting to chip away at major party support anyway. We talk about that age group under 40, soon to be under 45, and you know, the years roll on um, much higher. Um, housing is um, in the top three issues for millennials and Generation Z voters um, in in Victoria and in in this country, but in particular in New South Wales and Victoria. And in Victoria at the last state election, it it drove many voters either towards the Greens coming off Labor's pile. Deborah Grawk, SBS News.